I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to The Story Is, the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. The Story Is, King Lear in London. I've been gone, and this podcast has been gone for about the past two weeks, because I've been gone. I've been out of town uh, with my wife. We took a uh, much-delayed honeymoon. And one of the places we went to in our in our uh, honeymoon travel was London. And we saw a production of King Lear starring Ian McKellen from the Chinchester Festival Theatre production of King Lear at the Duke of York's Theatre. And it was an incredible experience. I have, those who've listened to previous podcasts have talked about I've talked about my experience of seeing Kevin Spacey's Richard III and some of the baggage that comes with Kevin Spacey I was looking for a theater experience to replace that event I was looking for something just as incredible without any of the um uh, and all baggage that comes with uh, all the bad things Kevin Spacey's done. Well, Ian McKellen's performance and the production itself of King Lear in London did that for me and more. It was an amazing show. It was a very intimate show, as is the space was very small. The stage was shaped kind of like a lowercase i, where the main stage that you saw as an audience member was a circle, and then it thrusted out just right down the center and extended out to the back of the theater. And it was very small. We had actors running right past us through the, uh, uh, through the theater. And I think the intimacy of the show was one of the reasons why Ian McKellen came back to do this role. He says in his playbill, I'm not the first actor who has wanted to return to this play as if unfinished business. Perhaps it's just that the closer you get to the king's age, the more telling it becomes, for some. More a therapy than a job. For me, Ian McKellen goes on, having played him in theaters so too uncongealy spacious, I wanted to speak the lines again, at times as conversation in a theater like Chichester's Minerva, where intimacy conjoins audience and actors. I'm very happy to now return to the Duke of York's, where I, have my, where I made my professional West End debut in 1964. And he was incredible. And I'll get into more of the specifically what moment that got me of his performance. But what was also I found interesting that I was reminded of the Duke of York's theater, where, we, where we, me and my wife uh, saw this performance, it, Duke of York's Theatre is uh, very well known uh, for another reason, and that is the first place that the play Peter Pan was performed. And they remind you of that as you go down to the lobby. Uh, down uh, beneath the uh, theatre downstairs, they have a... Um, the, you know, like the bar area there is all uh, Peter Pan-themed... And I think it's the, the J.M. Barry uh, bar, I want to say. Um, and it's and has a variety of different uh, quotes from Peter Pan up there. And even you even go to the men's room, 
there's a whole quote from Captain Hook about getting his arm uh, bitten off by the crocodile. I <clears throat> don't know why that would be in the restroom, but there it was. So don't watch out for crocodiles in the men's restroom at the Duke of York's Theater. So it was an incredible show, and we were quite close, though there was no real bad seat in, the, in a very small theater. And the big moment of the play, if you're familiar with it, involves a storm that King Lear goes out into. And my wife was very impressed by it because she, as she said, it stormed on stage. Now, and they had water coming down from the, from the top and just uh, from the top of the stage and just drenching all of the actors on there. Um, and that was incredible for her. That didn't surprise me for, because I've, I've seen, um, Lee, I've seen Ian McKellen's previous versions of King Lear. And I've seen production photos where they make this happen. That was an incredible sight, but that's not what got to me. What got to me was was later on in that scene and a specific part of his big uh, speech of of raging at the storm, but really not raging at the storm, but raging at his daughters who have turned against him. And he has this amazing moment of clarity in his madness where he's out in this wilderness and in the rain and that he realizes that as he sees the poor people around him and the homeless and how he descri- he describes uh, poor naked wretches that he has neglected them. Uh, here's what he and here's there's the I'm gonna read you the passage, but I want to paint the picture of he's got rain coming down on him, and and he is and in the background are the homeless people that he's describing and. He's down on his knees and he says, <clears throat> Poor naked wretches, wheresoe'er you are, that bide the pelting of this pitiless storm, how shall your houseless heads and unfed sides, your looped and windowed raggedness, defend you from seasons such as these? Oh, I have taken too little care of this. And that, and once, oh, the other thing got me was, expose thyself to feel what wretches feel. That got me. That was actually more, really stuck out to me, more than the more well-known beginning where he says, blow wind and crack your cheeks, and he's raging. What got me more was his moment of clarity and of seeing people in need. They said he's taken too little care of this. That it's one of the things that he sees that he's missed, along with being a lousy father. And it was 
revelatory to me um, as I think we can do that when we get sucked into our own bubbles and into our own heads. We need reminding um, that there are other people in the world that we do need to take care of if we can. That also that to get into our own heads of so much so that we don't realize the effect that we have on other people. One of the things I noticed about myself, because um, I noticed we did, I did a lot of traveling to and from this past uh, couple weeks, and people who know me know that I have this thing about me, is of my obsession of being on time. And <laughs> almost, to, almost to a fault. And... I realized, or realized recently, uh, but using really this play as really revelatory, that I that you can take too little care of if you allow something like being obsessed with being on time for something to unfairly affect the people around you to where you're on you're on. You know, you're just not pleasant to be around. If all you're obsessed with is being on time for something, you can't enjoy the moment that you're in. So even if it may be a, a positive aspect that you may have in your character, to an extreme, you miss the moment. But I'm just, I just want to be, I just want to make sure that I am on time. <clears throat> yeah, but it, but if you don't enjoy the ride, if you don't, take care of the moment that you're in you totally miss out on whatever the event may be and yeah I just found that whole production quite powerful but really for that moment of being just as King Lear wanted didn't see the need around him until it was too late, until he couldn't do anything about it. Why I tell the story is for myself and maybe anyone else who might need. Sometimes we take too little care, we take too much care of ourselves and we dive into our own heads and we don't take care enough of maybe those around us when we can and when we realize because and then if we wait too long it's too late so that is that is the story I have to bring to you today I know a short one but the other thing I have to tell you is that there are many more exciting things to come on this podcast. We have many, or not many, but more, a variety of new guests that are going to be coming on, and old guests as well, and some more uh, individual stories as well. So uh, continue to uh, listen, subscribe if you haven't already, uh, so you don't miss an episode, because there's more great things to come from the story is.